everyone. This is an exciting and interesting time. Welcome to A Knowing Spirit, the podcast. So if you've been following us, you've seen that we have a website, we have a Facebook page, we have a Twitter page, we have YouTube. So we're really all over the internet building a community. So far, there's over 20,000 people who follow A Knowing Spirit in some way. And so now we're just opening it up to more people to listen to what we're talking about and what we've been writing about. So we're going to talk to leaders, visionaries, writers, filmmakers, everyone who's a mover and shaker, but who's not getting attention because the mainstream will not give them attention. So we're going to talk about all of the topics that you see that's going on. I'm Candace Paul. I'll be your host, but I also have other hosts that are with me who will be coming in on a regular basis. I have Darian Eaton, and he's going to introduce himself. And then I also have David Chandler with me, and then G.T. Hawkins is also with us, but he's not with us today. So, Darian, how about you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about who you are? Well, my name is Darian, or I like to go by the name. There ain't no, I'm joking. But on a serious note, I am first and foremost married, a father, a creator. I might like to do a little bit of art, a little bit of music, but I also like to call myself a watcher in terms of paying attention to the signs of the times. So that's the type of person I am, and those are the type of things I like to analyze, and I would like to bring that to a knowing spirit in a creative format. So it's a little bit about myself. Awesome. And David, how about you? Well, uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is David Chandler, and um, I'm, I live in southeast Pennsylvania, Philadelphia to be exact. And uh, I'm also a creator, uh, an author, actually, <clears throat> written 10 books and working on my 11th. And uh, I am, I kind of pretty much uh, look at myself as a, a cult expert and, and not only that, but I, I like to look at some of the trends that are going on in the church world. And that's me. That's, that's pretty much uh, who I am. Awesome. So I wanted to give everyone a quick overview of what to expect from the podcast. I touched on it a little bit. We're going to be talking to the people who the mainstream doesn't necessarily talk to. But we're also going to be talking about what the mainstream doesn't want to talk about a lot of times. I've written two books. They're fictional books, but it's about spiritual warfare. And for the first few episodes, I'm going to be reading my first book. So I felt compelled to literally just share the book with people, let people hear for free. And then if they want to support, they can always download a copy. I encourage you to do so. You can read along with me and just support what we're trying to do. But you'll be able to hear the book for the first 18 episodes. And then after that, we're going to jump into having regular dialogue and discussion on various topics and issues, agendas, what's going on in the world today. And we're going to touch on some of that today in this first episode. So the coronavirus. (laughs) I want to get Darian and David's opinion about what's going on right now, because I have personally felt I am literally split. I'm split on this issue, but I'm erring on the side of caution. And what I mean by that is I feel like it can be either completely not what they're telling us at all, or it could be way worse than what they're telling us. 
So what is it? And I'm split, but I'm still heeding the advice that they're saying on the news. However, I also see that there's a lot of fear being pushed in the news, in the media right now. So what are your thoughts on everything that's going on? I, I think that uh, this whole coronavirus thing is, is overblown. Uh, it, it's an example of what is known as the Hegelian dialectic. Now, I'm not going to get into it too much, but basically what it is is uh, problem-reaction-solution. The elite creates the problem, and we react to it, us being the, the ones that don't know what's, what's happening. We react to the problem, and then once we react to the problem, we go to the person that started the issue, the, the problem to begin with, and then they started, they create a solution, and, and this is what this is. In, in, in the case of the, the coronavirus, viruses, that this coronavirus was created, I believe, by the, the elite to slow down the, the economic process. You know, we, we were growing economically when Donald Trump went over to China to issue those tariffs to the, the Chinese government. And the Chinese government said, well, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're cutting off our cash cow, which is you, so uh, America, actually. So once Trump did that, came back, all of a sudden now we're dealing with this pandemic. And people are, unfortunately, they're dying as a result. People are suffering and, and loved ones are losing their lives. And so apparently there's no vaccine. You know, there, there isn't a vaccine. But people are crying to the elite, these so-called scientists, to come up with a vaccine. Now, I heard on the news that there are people that are actually immune to this coronavirus, and so as a result, they're going to use their plasma to create a vaccine, and that's what I heard. But, uh, again, it, it's also a sign of the times. Uh, if you look at Revelation chapter 6, you have, I believe, the, the fourth horse, which is the green horse or the uh, the pale horse, and the pale horse in the Greek is chloros, which means a sickly, greenish, palish uh, color. Wow. And, uh, and, and it says the rider on the horse is hell and death, and, and it's going to kill off, I think it's one-third of the population. Wow. So, Darian, what are your thoughts? To be completely honest, the perspective I have on it is minimal, not because I don't know about it, but because I don't understand. Let me explain. There's so many different types of information that I'm being bombarded with. I'm hearing about the government being a part of it. I'm hearing this from, you know, Asian people eating bats, which I don't necessarily believe myself. I've also heard that it's because of, because of 5G. I've also heard it's just be coronavirus is something that's been around for tons and tons of years. It's not really as much as they're hyping it up to be. It always just the media because Trump is trying to get to win office again, and this is his ploy to get back in by giving us this little stimulus. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard tons of different things. Now I am not able to tell you what the outcome is. I can tell you that I'm really only able to go to the stores, and I can ride around. There isn't anybody stopping me from driving. Not during the day. I'm not out at nighttime. I work from home now simply because of my job uh -huh. um, and what's going on. But I can't really tell you, you know, where this is coming from. And then let's okay, and then to, I guess, address some of the things that I was listening to my brother say about, you know, the green horse uh, 
from the book of Revelation. I mean, I'm sorry, the pale horse, but the specific um, intent was to talk about uh, sickness and plague that was supposed to come as a byproduct of what was that, the seal being broken? Yes. And so <clears throat> I can't really say that this is that. I don't know. I do acknowledge that this is on a large scale. Like people, you know, from my perspective, I can see on the news that other countries I've seen China and Italy, you know, have had issues. But then on the Internet, it says that there's multiple strands of Corona. So it's like, OK, I'm like, OK, why did they pick that name? Where did this name come? COVID or Corona? Like, I'm like, Corona, I thought the bears in the crown. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, so I'm like, OK, why is that? Why the name and the nomenclature of this is a little suspect to me? And I noticed right. how bad the financial system here has been. And there's been this huge ploy countries have done, allegedly. I can't say what they have done. I What I've seen on social media says that they've been given, you know, a lot of money in their budget to do this and do this. And um, that although we're home, some of the things that they deemed essential, like essential employees, like I saw like GameStop was still open. So that's essential. I saw, I saw like regular places open, like, okay, maybe the barbershop wasn't open. But, you know what I mean, everything else that could potentially sell a snack was open. Like, if you could get a bottle of water out of that, you were open. I saw it. Every other store was open. So I was like, I'm confused. That wasn't the mall open. Weren't people buying clothes? Oh, yeah, that's right. Clothes are essential. I'm like, all right. So this is a little strange. But what I do know is there's a huge push for people to be more in their homes now. People were outside a lot more. There was a difference in the street when I was driving. Now, there was still people walking around who had no control because they still had to catch the bus. And they looked like they were underprepared. And the people who really probably will potentially carry the virus, if, if people are getting sick, what about the homeless people that just hang out downtown? And a lot of times when all these bad things happen, I'm saying people still be out there. What you brought up, what you brought up is good because it's exposing the disparity between wealth that is so obvious in our country and it's just it's out of control it's been completely disproportionate for a very long time but now you're really starting to see so when things like this happen if you have wealth and if you have resources you're insulated you protect it so you have a job where you can work from home you can work remotely and you're not exposed or you have the means to get the help that you need, maybe get tested earlier, what have you. But if you don't have any of this, if housing is a consistent issue, if it's a chronic issue for you, you're exposed to these elements and there's nothing that anyone can do. No one's protecting you. I read an article where I think in L.A., they used a parking lot and they're asking homeless people to sleep six feet apart on the concrete outside. And it's just like, wow, so they can't get a home, but you need them not to spread anything. So it's like, oh, yeah, just sleep on the ground, but do it six feet apart. It just seems like there's something very wrong about that. And a lot of what's happening is exposing a lot of what's wrong with our society and what needs to change. But will it change? There's a lot of people who are terrified of what's going on, not just a little bit worried, but literally terrified.
And yeah. What do you think about that? What are what are your opinions on fear and anxiety in this moment? I think that the fear comes from misinformation uh, about the virus itself. And everybody know, whoever is maybe listening to this podcast, how viruses work. Now, I'm not a virologist or a microbiologist or anything of that sort, but I do have somewhat of an understanding of how they work. And, and let, let's keep this in within the context of, of well, within the context of how the immune system operates. Uh, the immune system is responsible for protecting us from pathogens or microorganisms. And there's, I guess there's about maybe six or seven layers of it. First of all, you have what is called the integumentary system, which is your skin. That's the largest organ in the body. And that provides a layer of protection for us. Now, if we didn't have skin, then we would be able, we would be susceptible to all kinds of stuff. And then the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So the body is complex. The immune system is even more complex. Because uh, it produces what are called white blood cells. And there are two different types. One is your T cells. One T cells. The T cells are the ones that actually kill your the, the pathogens that invade your body. And we are exposed to pathogens and microorganisms every day, just like we are exposed to radiation every day. Problem is, our immune system protects us from little critters, these invaders. Now, uh, in terms of a virus, virus, we, we're told that you can't cure a virus. Okay, granted, there, there is some evidence to support that. In terms of this coronavirus, now, it is supposed to be, be airborne. So since it's airborne, you've got to stay six days practicing the social um, distance thing. You know, we've got to stand six feet apart from each other. But if it's airborne, then what would it matter if I stay seven feet apart or 20 feet apart or even just stay in the house? If it's in the air and if it's transmitted by coughing or sneezing, you know, droplets from your lungs, and then I breathe in those droplets and now I have it. So if it's airborne in that respect, then it wouldn't matter how far away I keep myself from the other guy that may or may not have it. Mm. So then the question becomes, if at a certain point, this thing is just completely unmanageable, meaning that it's it's airborne, more people are likely to get it than not. What's the end result here? What What is the ultimate goal for people to stay inside their houses indefinitely or only until they have a vaccine? Once they have a vaccine, what's what's going to happen there? Are people going to be required to get it? Like a lot of the vaccines that you have to get before you go to school, what does it mean? What's going to be the end result of all this? But what I'm noticing beyond just what the virus is doing itself are the, I guess you would say, ancillary things that are happening as a result of the virus. So you have people who are in the house becoming more depressed, more isolated. I have mm-hmm. a story where a man jumped from a building in New York City maybe the first week in. He jumped from his luxury apartment building. You're hearing more cases of domestic violence and those yeah. things. 
I can imagine and I can foresee a lot of people abusing drugs. And so all of these other things are going to happen as a result of this isolation for an extended period of time. What would you tell the average person who doesn't know how to cope with this this moment? What would you tell them as some sort of reassurance? And I'll start with Darian and then I'll jump back to David. Right now, um, just as believers, we need to stay focused on Christ and then, you know, focused on something that is beyond here. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God. A lot of people are fear of death or going broke in this season. You just have to trust and know that the Lord is going to be able to provide, you know, for all your needs. I'm going to be honest. Use common sense. A lot of times we forego common sense because of fear and panic. But use your eyes and your ears and make sound decisions in this time because those are the things that are going to guide you through. If you can listen to a podcast, you can communicate with other people. Tap into your other resources. For example, right now, we know that they like Internet. Internet works. A lot of us use the Internet. Use that. FaceTime people. Get acquainted with some new techniques in terms of communicating socially because the way we're going now looks like since you're going to be more insular the way to reach the world is going to have to be through social media the network environment multimedia itself is the communication tool of the future for example people who like to go to the museums well guess what go to the museums online yeah a lot of these places are open online and they have powerful tools that you can use to really look at some of their architecture or things of that nature and i'm saying all that to say that if you can do all of that online you can definitely get get a hobby or something and and i'm just saying practical things not even to make jokes but get a hobby start playing a game and if you can't afford those things and you have board games play those spend more time with your family get learn to build relationships with the people right in the same home with you train your dog get in a healthy routine of working out there's a lot of different things different things you can do and and a lot of times people um they turn the tv off because if the talk box is continuously saying fear 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 turn it off look out the window they're setting outside my house the birds were still chirping they don't care nothing about this exactly them dead that was walking through my backyard they don't care nothing about this <laughs> you just so you got to focus on what's good david do you have any advice yeah um i i would venture to say we uh if we're going to be uh like darian said if we're going to be more insular if we're going to be uh more secluded <clears throat> i i suggest that uh especially if you're married now you know we all know that of all marriages into divorce um and this is more prevalent in the church now than than in the world even or is 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 happening just as much spend time with your wife uh, or a husband and communication is key the the reason why there are so many uh divorce happening is because of the fact that there's no there's the lack of communication and then on top of that you know we talked about fear all throughout the podcast basically and the Bible says uh, that <clears throat> we have not been given spirit of fear, but of love and the power and of the sound mind. So a spirit of fear is insanity. You know, a phobia is 
an, what? An irrational fear of something. So if you have an irrational fear of death or you have an irrational fear of getting sick or whatever the case may be, then that fear is not based off of reality. And as a result of that, we drive ourselves crazy. Oh, God, the, you know, you turn on the television and every every single day they're telling you to stay in the house, stay in, stay in, stay in, stay home, stay home, stay home. And no one knows what to do because they're filled with anxiety. And they don't have a support system to sit them down and say, hey, look, everything is going to be all right. You've got to trust in the Lord, trust in, in what his word says, trust in his promises. His promises are yea and amen. But you don't have that. When you don't have that, then what do you have? You have you're, you become a victim of your own thoughts, and your own thoughts are telling you, uh, you know, you heard what the news say: stay in the house, you know, put on a mask, put on gloves, don't touch this person, don't touch that person, stay six feet away from that person, even though a virus is supposed to be airborne, so it doesn't really matter if you stay six feet away from that person. But you don't know that because, well, you're 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 being told all of these negative things, so. The Bible says that we are to keep our minds. He will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on who? Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do as believers. We, we need to tell uh, the world that there is a different path. We, there's a different path that leads to peace. Jesus said, uh, my peace uh, I leave with you. Not as the world, well, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Um, I unto you, but it, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding, mm. and, and and so that's what we uh, that's our job. That you know we we need to stick to that. That's great. That is really good. You know, and and I'll probably just end on this piece, and then we'll definitely pick up with all of these conversations and these topics later on. But you know, this time period doesn't have to be viewed as a negative time. You can really use this time, like Darian said and David said, to invest in family and to, to focus on God and that type of thing. And really a lot of self-reflection. I know that a lot of people have been using everything in the world to avoid looking at themselves, looking at what they've done, um, really doing a lot of soul searching. This is the time for it now. And it's going to be uncomfortable because a lot of people have been going out all the time and socializing all the time and being in this group or that group or doing this, doing that, taking a lot of pictures for Instagram, taking a lot of pictures, traveling all over the place. It felt very good. They invested a lot in that. And now the prospect that this will no longer be the case. Our world might literally change to the point where we can't do the things that we used to do anymore. What does that mean? And it's making a lot of people depressed. But it doesn't have this walk, you know, being a person of faith is understanding that not everything's going to be happy. Not everything's going to be roses and, and wonderful all the time. But it's being able to find that silver lining in any circumstance. And being able to find the good in anything. And so right now, this time of quiet reflection might be exactly what people need uh, to grow closer to God and to really fix some things that they've been avoiding and things that they've been putting off. This podcast literally started 
because of Corona. I said to myself, you know what? Let me just start sharing some information with the world. And this is the time to do it. I'm in my house. Gotta be in my house. So why not? So I encourage everyone to do the same. If you're a person who's of the faith, this might be your time to share the faith with everyone. Someone might need to hear your story. And people are probably more keen to listen now. Um, We're just going to end with that. I hope you all tune in, follow the podcast. Until next time.